Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith. I'm here to bring you the weekend warm-up, BFW's weekly show, where we hit on some of the big, hot topics of the week surrounding Bayern Munich. And like any other week, there seemed to be <laughs> some crazy stories that emerged uh, surrounding Bayern Munich and Germany this week. Uh, the craziest of which was Luca Hernandez being summoned back to Spain to serve a prison sentence in what is a completely wild story uh, filled with court technicalities uh, and just a lot to get into. Uh, I am not going to cover that because there is just too much illegal going on there and I could not speak uh, with any amount of expertise on exactly what he is facing but i will tell you what if you go on to bavarianfootballworks.com our own rld who is a lawyer by trade uh laid it out pretty well and he explained uh exactly what hernandez is facing how he is in this mess and you know what can happen from here so uh rather than me fumble through that and kind of uh <laughs> just kind of work my way through it without having any level of assurance in what I'm saying. All I'll say about that is I hope this all works out for Hernandez and I hope that he is able to get this sorted and sorted quickly. And it really has nothing to do with Bayern Munich itself, but just personally, when you're involved in something like that, it's got to be a mess and a part of your past that you really don't want to relive so I'm hoping that he can find a way to just kind of settle this one way or the other, whether he has to do time in the pokey or not. Uh, not sure how that's going to work out, but one way or the other, I just hope Hernandez gets this settled and this cloud hanging over him is gone and he can move on and his spouse can move on and everyone can just uh, kind of just get away from <clears throat> that episode that happened and uh, move past it. It's, uh, it was really unfortunate at the time I, I wrote something uh, about Hernandez uh, when Byron signed him. And I was not a big fan of the signing, not because of his talent or his ability or anything like that, uh, but just because of that past. And listen, he may be a changed person and he may be a great person now, uh, and maybe it was just a one-off mistake. I don't know. And I don't really care uh, at, at this stage, but I, you know, what happened happened and, you know, uh, fans feel one way or the other. And uh, I just hope he gets past it. He gets through it, works it out and he can move on with his career. It's obvious that he has moved on with his spouse. They're still together and they have found a way to, to get past it. So hopefully the court systems and Hernandez can work this out. Like I said, one way or the other, but on to less serious things. Uh, Germany had a uh, another nice international break under Hansi Flick, and it, it wasn't always easy, but the Germans once again uh, came out of the break and they have to feel pretty good about where they're at. Uh, a couple of, of results they had, a 2-1 victory over Romania that was really hard fought. Uh, you know, they scuffled, they fell behind early in the ninth minute and they scuffled a little bit. Uh, it just looked like the team had a little trouble getting on the same page, but eventually they broke through in the second half with a couple of Bayern Munich boys carrying the load. Uh, Serge Gnabry, of course, had a goal uh, to tie the game. And then Thomas Muller had his Thomas Muller-esque goal to uh, 
clinch the game winner. And, uh, you know, as for Mueller, he, he didn't start that game, and it was strategic in Flick, uh, giving Marco Royce the opportunity to fill that 10 spot. I don't think that there's really that much of a competition going on in that role. I think Flick really just needed to see something from Royce. Uh, he didn't have a chance to work with him much during the previous international break. So this was about the best time to see what, what Royce could bring to the table. And, you know, Royce is a fine player, very good player. Um, <clears throat> I don't know that he fits in uh, as well in that role as Thomas Muller does at that point. It's kind of weird because I really do admire a lot of things that Royce brings to the table. Uh, but I think one area where Thomas Muller has him is he just finds a way to win. And that is a big deal when it comes to, uh, national teams in trying to bring a group of guys together for a short period of time, get them on the same page and have them be competitive for a major title. So, um, you know, I think Royce can still be a valuable part of Germany. I just don't anticipate seeing him start much. Uh, in the other match, we saw Germany pick up a four nil victory over North Macedonia in a revenge match. Uh, the first half, and for a lot of the game, it was really slow. Um, Germany was just not clicking. And whether it was fatigue or it's just uh, being out of sync, they just couldn't get much going. And, and I didn't think it was a case where North Macedonia, you know, parked several buses on the pitch and just made Germany work really hard for everything. I don't really think that was it at all. I just think Germany just didn't look good. They weren't. They weren't precise. They weren't on the same page. When someone would make a run, the ball, the pass would not be accurate. If someone made a good pass, the other person didn't make a run. It was just one out of sync play after another. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate that it played out that way. But in the second half, things did start to pick up. Of course, we saw Kai Havertz get the scoring started. And then my guy, hashtag Timo time really went out there and totally redeemed himself for some iffy play in the first half. He scored two goals, uh, both of which were pretty fantastic. Obviously Thomas Muller had just a, an incredible assist on Timo's first goal. And the second goal was a really great shot off an assist from Florian Vert. So uh, Hansi Flick has, has waited a long time to work with Timo Werner and he's always wanted to work with him. And one of the things that I've been hanging my hat on through all of this is that now that Flick has that opportunity, he's going to take Werner and he's going to get the best out of him. And I think that's what we're going to see. I think Timo Werner is going to continue to evolve. I think he's going to continue to improve. Uh, and I think that he knows under Hansi Flick, he just has someone that's going to back him and support him, which is something I don't think he's had since he was at RB Leipzig. And it's not to say that Thomas Tuchel doesn't like Werner. It's to say that Thomas Tuchel is is probably going to be pulled in a lot of different directions at Chelsea. So for one, they just have a ton of attacking players that Tuchel can move across several positions. It's, it's actually an embarrassment of riches at Chelsea. And given that they just splurged big on Romelu Lukaku in the summer transfer window, he's going to get the bulk of the time at striker. So Werner is, is kind of the odd man out. I'm sure that Tuchel will continue to find him time but uh, there's just too much talent there to keep uh, all of those players consistently happy. So 
I mean, that's not really a Bayern or Germany thing, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on because there could be some fallout in London with all of that talent. And, you know, one of the names we've seen bandied about a lot is Christian Pulisic. In addition to Werner, uh, those two names have definitely been uh, put out there as players that could be looking for a new club, whether that would be next summer or the year after, I don't know, but uh, it definitely looks like there's just too much talent to manage at Chelsea. But either way, uh, back to Werner, I thought that, you know, there was a lot of good things you wanted to see from him in that stretch in the second half. Uh, This is a guy that knows how to score. This is a guy who has proven time and time again in the Bundesliga that he can go out and get you goals. He can create offense. He makes great runs to space. He knows how to use his speed. And for a while, it just hasn't looked like like he knows how to do any of that. I mean, whatever happened with him moving to Chelsea, it had an adverse effect on his game. It's not that he's been horrible at Chelsea, but when you're not successful at a club like that and you're touted as a big signing, and then you go out and you struggle a little bit, you're automatically going to have fans turn on you. And it wasn't just the Chelsea fans. Now you've got the Germany fans hopping all over him as well. And it's, it's one of those things I wrote about this week that he should just embrace that role at this point. The problem for Timo Werner is he's too nice of a guy to actually go out and want to be the villain. But it's really the point where a lot of people just get off on making fun of him. They poke fun. Uh, you know, there's memes about him. There's gifts about him. Uh, and, and it's unfortunate for him that that's, he's kind of the, the brunt of every joke now when it comes to, uh, slighting Germany. And, uh, it, it is, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a messed up thing, but you know, for his part, he seems to be taking it in stride, but I don't know when I see him talk at times and my read interviews, you can tell that this stuff is really bothering him. He's got to find a way to tune that out. He's got to find a way to listen to what flick and the coaching staff what they're telling him, what they're having him work on. And he's got to really, really begin to apply that back within his game and try and draw the best out of himself. Uh, He's certainly not going to draw the best out of himself by checking his social media accounts because uh, on Instagram or Twitter, he just gets hammered relentlessly. So overall, fantastic break. Another two wins. Germany clinched their way into the World Cup. I mean, you really can't complain about that. They're in a great spot right now. And I think that Flick has them moving in the right direction. And as Philip Quinn said, if Flick can get Timo time back on track, this Germany squad is going to be dangerous. They have a lot of weapons. They have a lot of talent. And it's just funny how in changing the manager, you can actually feel the hope, not just uh, in the fan base, but it looks like you can see it on the pitch. The, the, The players look confident and they look like that they are, are working towards something. And I don't think we've seen that in quite a few years. So I'll be very curious to see how the the next few months play out. And I am uh, super psyched about the next World Cup because I think Hansi Flick is going to do some wonderful things with this squad. And, uh, you know, one of the players uh, on Germany who is also on Bayern Munich, who's had quite a week, is Niklas Sula. As we keep hearing more and more transfer rumors, uh, obviously, Sula's negotiations have been halted. There's not much progress to be made there. We saw yet another English club throw their hat into the Sula ring in hopes of bringing him in. This week, it was Newcastle United. 
which, you know, uh, I don't think that that's quite a realistic thing for as much money as they will have moving forward. I'm just not sure that they're going to be all, be able to offer Sula exactly what he wants in terms of uh, pretty much guaranteed European competition, which he gets at Bayern Munich. Um, but it's a problem. It seems like that Sula is intent on moving on. And uh, it's unfortunate because I've stated many times, I think that he's a player that, that, that Bayern needs. I think they need to bring him back and they need to extend him. And I think that he should really be the number one center back moving forward. That's not a slight to Hernandez or not a slight to Upamecano. Uh, I just think Sula has the highest ceiling of all three players. I think that I also think he's the best of all three players. And again, it's no slight. Upamecano and Hernandez are fine players. Hernandez obviously has done a really great job in his time at Bayern Munich. Upamecano has been very good so far as well. All three players have flaws in their games at times. Uh, none of the three players are perfect, obviously. So uh, I think that the way Julian Nagelsmann has used them has really helped draw the best out of all three players. But I don't know if you can keep all three players happy with only two starting center back spots, at least in the formation that Bayern Munich is using now. But as for this weekend, uh, Sula will probably find his way on the pitch, even though I did not predict him to be a starter. Um, actually, no, I did predict him to be started. Did not predict Hernandez to be a starter because I figured Hernandez with all of this, all of the legal battles hanging over his head, he might get some time off, but it looks like we could see Hernandez and Upamecano in the middle and Sula at right back. Once again, of course, Benjamin Pavar is out. Um, so the choice would be between Sula and Stanisic. And uh, I went with Stanisic, but uh, we'll see if Hernandez gets in the lineup or not. But either way, I think it's little things like this that could have a long-term effect on whatever Sula decides to do. Uh, I think that Sula, you know, undoubtedly wants to be a starter. I don't think that there's any thought within his head that thinks he should be taking a backseat to anybody. And he's probably right. So, uh, I don't know. Julian Nagelsmann has a lot to think about. The, the most recent quotes from Nagelsmann, they kind of tend to say the ball is in Sewell's court, like we want him back, but it's really up to him if he wants to come back. And i got to be honest, right now I'm not so sure. And this is really the first time I've felt like Sula really might not want to stay at Bayern Munich. So that is a, a situation we will watch develop in the coming weeks and months. Uh, but one, one situation we got a chance to, to look at this week was the uh, rumored meltdown that, that Robert Lewandowski had right before the international break where uh, it was, it's, it's alleged that he was very unhappy with the team heading into the international break. He was not happy about losing his scoring streak. He's not happy about his involvement in the offense uh, and some of that unhappiness even caused him to skip a team event that was organized by, by Manuel Neuer, allegedly. We'll keep saying that. Now, of course, the caveat to all of this is that uh, SportBuild is reporting this, and a lot of fans really doubt uh, some of the reports that SportBuild puts out. You know, one of the other things that, that played a role in all of this alleged unhappiness is the constant links that Bayern Munich has had to Erling Holland, which we will touch on in, in a second and other players like Kareem Adeyemi. So, uh, you know, quite frankly, it seems like Lewandowski is kind of sick of hearing about these other strikers. He's kind of sick of 
not being the focal point in Nagelsmann's offense. And it's not to say that uh, the offense isn't geared to getting Lewandowski the ball. It's just that the way things have worked out since Nagelsmann has taken over are that it seems as if Muller and Lewandowski just aren't quite as active or as much of the, I guess, plan A for Nagelsmann as they were under Flick. And uh, you can see that the wings have taken on bigger roles. The midfielders have taken on bigger roles. Uh, and Lewandowski and Muller, for as good as they are, and they're both excellent, and they both still have a lot to offer, I don't think they've quite been involved. So I, I do get that aspect of all this from Lewandowski. I think that some of what he says has some merit, and, and I don't totally discount what Sport Build is reporting. I do think there's probably a level of unhappiness, especially about losing that streak, especially about having to read all of these transfer rumors and then, you know, wanting a contract extension and not being able to get that. So, yeah, I believe all of that. Is it exaggerated? It's possible, but there's, there's definitely something going on. I mean, Lewandowski went as far to say as he, he, you know, pictures himself finishing his career at Bayern Munich. So, um, the fact that now, you know, after years of speculation of him, uh, of pointing him to other clubs, now it seems as if uh, Robert Lewandowski has finally figured out he wants to stay at Bayern Munich. And now the shoe is on the other foot and maybe Bayern does not want him. So <laughs> well, the last story that we'll touch on is directly related to this because uh, we did see a report from Sport Builds Christian Falk that Bayern Munich has indeed uh, started to look at the possibility of Lewandowski not re-upping his deal or even potentially leaving next summer on a transfer. Uh, so what would Bayern do in that situation, right? So they've been linked to Kareem Adeyemi, who uh, not only is popular on the transfer market right now, but will cost probably more than he is worth at this stage, right? So the rumored costs are 30 to 35 million euro and Liverpool, Barcelona, RB Leipzig and Borussia Dortmund are the four clubs in addition to Bayern Munich who are adamantly pursuing Adeyemi. Now for Bayern, when I look at this move, to me, it just seems like a, a buy low, sell high that you would hope that you could get Adeyemi for maybe a little cheaper than 30 million and then hope his value doubles in the next two to three years. Uh, for some of the other clubs, I think that they offer a better situation for him to develop, mostly because they can get him on the field right away. Uh, Borussia Dortmund obviously will be uh, will likely have a a big hole at the top of their formation when Erling Haaland eventually moves on, which is rumored to be next summer. Uh, you know, RB Leipzig they have Andre Silva, but uh, Jesse Marsh has been. <clears throat> you know, tasked with trying to find a way to get that squad back up to where it was and having a player like Adeyemi around could offer them the flexibility to not just use Adeyemi as a wing, but also try a different system. Uh, so there, there are some possibilities there and everyone knows that Barca and Liverpool uh, probably couldn't offer him a ton of playing time, but maybe enough in a rotational role to keep him happy. Um, but the key name was not Adeyemi, it was Erling Haaland, and he was the player that was allegedly discussed 
recently in a Byron board meeting when they talked about potentially not having Robert Lewandowski back. And Holland seems to be the touchy subject for Lewandowski. Obviously, Holland is the next generation Lewandowski. If you were going to pick one player and you were going to say, uh, this guy has the best chance to replicate the success of Robert Lewandowski, it would be Erling Holland, who can score any which way and is a big target. He's extremely fast. Uh, he offers everything you would want in a modern striker. And most Bayern Munich fans totally discount that the club could sign him. And there's a, there's a good reason for that, right? I mean, the numbers we've seen thrown around are ridiculous. Okay. So there's the 75 million euro release cause clause. There is a rumored $30 million salary. There is a rumored 30 million euro uh, agent fee that would go. And if I said dollar earlier, I really meant euro. I apologize. And to kick it off, Holland's dad would like a sperm donor fee. At least that's what I, I, I have referred to it as that. I've referred to it as a who's your daddy fee, uh, whatever. But he just wants to make some money for having his kid win the gene pool lottery. So, um, you know, <laughs> and there's if you believe that story, there's a lot that would go into signing Holland. But on the flip side, we've also seen that Holland is not concerned about money, that really he might not care as much about a 30 million euro salary. He really might not care as much about his agent getting paid 30 to 40 million euro, or maybe even his old man picking up some spare change or whatever he would want uh, in this arrangement. Again, I'm not a person that's going to totally discount anything because I can see some ways in which Bayern Munich and Erling Haaland could work together. Is it likely? I don't think so. But there's at least a possibility that Holland could have his eye on a future at Bayern Munich. Uh, you know, maybe England's not for him. Maybe Spain is not for him. What we do know about the guy is that he's still relatively humble, right? He may have some pretty audacious outfits, but he still goes home and he works on the farm. Uh, which, you know, if you check his Instagram, you'll see in the summer, you'll see pictures of him on farm equipment and whatnot. And he seems to be a kid who is not quite wrapped up in the star lifestyle. Uh, obviously, he's not a Ronaldo type. Uh, he's not even a messy type who is so great that everything else around him doesn't really affect him. Uh, this seems to be a kid who has his head on relatively straight who knows he still needs to make some improvements in his game and who might really have a, an understanding of what it's all about, even at a young age. Uh, and, and listen, I, I have trouble faulting any athlete for wanting to make as much money as they can. So if Holland said, you know, I want to make 40 million a year and there was some club willing to pay him, I, I wouldn't fault him for that, for wanting to pursue that. But I also don't discount that he could be, uh, in line to picture himself as the successor to Robert Lewandowski. So uh, it's one of those things we'll follow. And it's one of those things that will cause a great amount of debate because so many Bayern fans just discount it completely without even really looking at too many of the other factors involved in this. I don't know. I mean, like, sure. Would I love to see him in a Bayern Munich kit? Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. I think if you have an opportunity to get him, that you have to get him. 
you absolutely have to find a way to make it work. And whether that means playing two strikers, changing the formation, I don't care. If you can have Erling Haaland and Robert Lewandowski together, you find a way to make it work. And you trust your manager, Julian Nagelsmann, to do just that. So uh, that will just about wrap things up for us. Thanks again for listening. Uh, Of course, I flew solo on this one. We'll see if we can get some other people back and involved. I didn't touch too much on the non-Bayern or Germany stuff because I just felt like there were some stories I wanted to touch on and, and cover a little more in depth than we have on some of the other shows or even on the website this week. So uh, always appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast. Uh, you can always reach me at the barrel blog on Twitter. You can get our site uh, Twitter account at Bavarian FB works. You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner. You can get Tom at Tommy Adams 71 and you can get, I need no name at BFW And then he's had a, uh, a pretty busy week social guy. He is out uh, enjoying life a little bit. So I'm sure we'll have him back and bitter for the weekend, just like we always do on a Bayern Munich Bundesliga weekend. So thanks again for listening and we will see you next time.